Hello and welcome to episode number one of Boutique Talk. My name is Jake Boston, otherwise known as Steelbook Obsessed, on all your major social media platforms. And if you want to listen to all things physical media related, then you've come to the right place. Every week, I'm going to have a new guest to talk about their favorite, one of their favorite physical media releases. And today, I've got Mr. Bobby Blues himself, Bob's Blu rays. How's it going, Bob? I am doing good. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. I'm ready to. When, when you brought this title up, I was a little uh, struck a little bit. I did not think you would pick Demons 1 and 2. Yeah, Demons and Demons 2 are excellent, very good movies. They were actually recommended to me by a friend of mine. And uh, it's been a while since I've talked to him, so I'm going to have to message him and be like, hey, dude, did a live stream today with someone. <laughs> Check it out. We talked about Demons and Demons 2. <laughs> yeah, I was just happy that we got to talk about Synapse Films. Yeah, that's not talked about enough, and they're really good. And they have a podcast as well. Um, yes, I have not listened to their stuff yet. Have you? Is it any good? I used to. I listened to their first like eight episodes. I binged it. So I go through like phases. Sometimes I'll go through like so I drive a lot, so I'll listen to YouTube. Sometimes it's podcasts. Sometimes it's talking on the phone with somebody, and sometimes it's music. So I try to switch it up. Gotcha. Yeah, I have but, a lot of drive times. So I just listen to podcasts. Yeah, their podcast is really good. And it's nice because then your hands free. You don't have to worry about staring at your phone. So when I tell people I watch YouTube, I usually listen to YouTube. Right. Exactly. Now you got to be safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I yeah, you're, you're my first guest this is the first podcast. This is very, very cool stuff. We're just kind of I'm going to learn on the fly a little bit. But since you are on here, I kind of want to know the evolution of your collecting style. Why, why did you start collecting and how it just evolved from where it is now? Like looking behind you, you got a lot of stuff back there. Yeah, this is my living room. The movie room's got like six shelves and I got to get some more shelves. Um, so I started collecting when I was a kid. VHS was, and you were just down a VHS tournament, did very yeah. well. And, uh, so I, I was into VHS. Um, and so like for Christmas, I'd always ask, I mean, I'm five, six, seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think Bloodsport was one of the first VHSs I had ever seen. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, that's why I fell in love with Bloodsport. And um, I essentially just started collecting VHS. I knew my dad had a lot of them. And then my mom and dad, every Christmas would just keep buying me VHS. That's all I pretty much asked for. Um, and so then we started collecting DVDs. My dad and I both collected DVDs and I hung on to the VHS. And at one point I sold my entire DVD collection, which was like 1400 DVDs. Wow. And then I put all of my VHS, which was probably like 1300 in boxes and I left them in a storage unit um, it, with my dad's second wife. So his ex-wife and I totally kind of forgot about them just spaced out on them until mm-hmm. like a couple of years ago, I contacted her and she's like, yeah, I, anything that wasn't mine, I got rid of. So they're gone. I was like, damn, I, I could have probably sold them or something like at least maybe get some money or I'd probably try and hold on to them, but who knows? But yeah, so I ended up stopped collecting when I was, I don't know how old. 20, 21, 22, something like that. So it was a couple of years I took off. And then I think It Follows Steelbook was the first Steelbook I ended up buying back. It's like a beer. Buying. And, mm-hmm. and that was it. I was back into collecting after the It Follows Steelbook. And now I have like 800 Steelbooks or more. So 
um that's kind of how it goes <laughs> very nice yeah no that's kind of similar i didn't collect when i was in college and then like right out of college i started collecting again and it's just been nonstop ever since mm-hmm. yeah um but that's how you that was the evolution i haven't heard of your boutique phase yet like wh- how did you learn that Ooh. a boutique label was even a thing oh yeah so and now like in case people don't know most of the people that are at least um, know me, like Johnny and Adam and Tiana in here, I see, they know that I'm obsessed with my list, and so do you probably. Yeah. <laughs> and so I have a list of all the Snaps Films titles, and I'm trying to collect all those as well. And uh, I don't, like, I had purchased a movie called Itsy Bitsy, which was a Scream Factory title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was purchasing stuff from Arrow and Scream Factory, but I didn't know like about boutique labels a lot like Ken. And it wasn't until I kind of started looking through my collection, started hearing people talk about Screen Factory and all these boutique labels. And I started realizing I had a bunch of them in my collection. <laughs> and I just became obsessed with it. And then I, I got into slip covers and I got obsessed with lists and being a completist and numbered spines. And that's a dangerous game mm-hmm. that I'm all too familiar with (laughs) yeah it seems like the longer you you collect the more particular you are with like what you collect Mm -hmm. Uh, absolutely and i feel like now it's i think it's pretty obvious though physical media has gone into such a collector's market i feel like you've said that before mega niche Mm -hmm. yeah like a lot of the stuff coming out now is big juicy box sets too Mm -hmm. like it's like for collectors. It's geared for collectors. So many steel books. So I don't feel like, you know, nowadays, if you're not a collector per se, you're probably not buying physical media. You're probably just sticking with streaming or digital if you don't care enough, or you're just going to go and buy the cheap DVD or Blu-ray of it. Um, right. Like I had the DVD tournament last night and some people were pulling Avengers and Marvel DVDs. So mm-hmm. you know, if you're not huge into collecting, I guess maybe just buy the DVD or something like that. So yeah, I think DVDs are for the masses. I mean, that's still the main unit it's, that sells over Blu-rays, 4Ks. It trounces them all. It's but like if, if you're, yeah, yeah, if you really want to get into collecting and have like a better viewing experience at home, that kind of revels what you can get in the theater. That's when you start digging into the Blu-rays, the 4Ks, and yeah, I just went down a rabbit hole. I started with Scream Factory myself, and then once I found out that was a label, I'm like, okay, what stuff do they have? And I like to group them together. And now I have a whole shelf with a lot of my boutique stuff. I, I just love the way it looks. Yeah. Oh, so I separate all my stuff. So like all my steel books, this is called a steel book corner. I called it, but like this shelf right here is all boutique labels. So I've got like Lionsgate because they come with the pretty slip covers and all that. And then I've got like a snaps film section of steel books. I got screen factory. I got arrow video. I got, I, yeah, I have it all separated. I'm crazy. I got my box sets and then all that stuff. And then, yeah. I'm, and then this is all studio releases basically. So, and then if it comes like, if it was part of a set, um, you know how Walmart's dropping out. So like they just dropped the Halloween and those five steel books set. Yes. That's yep. a set. So I would keep all of those together because they came as a set, but not a set, but like they, you know, it's a line. Are you planning on picking up all five of those? That's pretty pricey. My yeah, goodness. Yeah. yeah, all five of them. I'm I have a list right now and there's like 103 steel books on it. So it, it, things are getting crazy. I mean, yesterday I dropped like two more they announced what Blackhawk down 
and I'm going to grab that because it's one of my favorite films of all time. And I have the steel book already, but the 4K one too. Yeah, they've already had a 4K steel book of yeah, it. Got to get another. I think so this one has I, two different cuts of the film on it. That's how they're I kind of branching much, out. I pretty much, yeah, I saw that. I, I was like, does mm-hmm. the one I have? I don't think it has. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. That's nice, at least. Um, yeah. But yeah, I basically uh, collect, I'd say, 95%, unless it's like Disney or kids' movies, which I don't collect all of. I'm probably pretty much buying all like steel books at this point, like anything that gets announced. I'll double dip on the Meg, I'll double dip on Gran Turismo, I'll double dip on all those steel books. <laughs> Well, steelbooks look nice, and that's why I started collecting steelbooks is just because the artwork pops on them like crazy. You could say the same thing with boutique releases. The main reason why a lot of people collect them is because they're in nice, fancy packaging and the slipcovers and the boxes. That's the main reason why I got into Vinegar Syndrome. It's just I mean, because the packaging kids, is top-notch. As kids, you're, you're, I think, a few years older than me. So as kids, when we went into the video store, what was the first thing that grabbed our attention? Artwork, right? Like yeah, posters, oh, yeah. Like, we most people in the chat tonight anybody watching this from home podcast anything how did if you're in your 30s or 40s you were probably looking at artwork as a kid and you were like mom or dad or if you had the money or allowance or something like that you were like this looks cool i'm gonna buy it even if it was terrible it had a cool artwork so it's like they know these companies know what they're doing they're selling us because it got awesome artwork and a lot of us you know they call us package collectors but like we like to buy based on artwork sometimes Mm -hmm. you know we're buying six copies of a movie we already have we can't watch the other five copies, right? There's so there's gonna be a reason for because it. Because of the artwork right. or packaging. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid just scrolling along my video warehouse, the rental place I had, full moon titles really branched out to me, like remote and pre-hysteria, like the little tiny dinosaurs. Oh, it was amazing. And then I would remember some horror movies because I'm like, I don't want to watch that. That's freaking me out. Like there was a one called Death Machine, I remember Maximum Overdrive with a passion because that's the first mm-hmm. horror movie I actually picked out when I was 13 at a birthday party. I'm like, okay, I'm finally going to watch a horror movie, guys. I'm ready. And just because that, that semi-truck just looked phenomenal. I think Tim, in when we were in St. Louis, I think Tim picked up uh, one sheet of uh, Maximum Overdrive. I believe. I believe yeah. he did. I'm pretty yeah, it was sure. just like a, a smashed up grill and it said who made who on it and like really terrible looking font. It, I, I still so remember many artworks of that, yeah. and, but the one sheet's hard to come by. So, yeah, I mean, you know, when you're talking about artwork, I have six steel books of Scarface in that new 4K they just announced today. I'll pick that one up as well. That'll be right. number seven. Plus, I have the 4K and Blu-rays of it. Yeah, and that's like 15 copies of Scarface. I'm still going to keep buying mm-hmm. them. Yep. My favorite movie of all times, The Thing. I have eight different steel books for that, and I'm still trying to get a couple more just because I want to have as much of that movie as possible. Hell yeah. See, that's awesome. And Tim mm-hmm. did grab the maximum overdrive. Yeah. There you go. I will go over comments. We're doing this live on YouTube as well for people that are listening to the podcast form. I'll go over comments at the end. I kind of want to keep the conversation we're having grouped. And then at the very end, I'll go over what everybody's talking about. Yeah. And I'm one of those people. And basically, it's nice being a guest because I could sit here and I have no responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm always staring at the chat because it's sitting right there. So like I just notice as it comes across, you know what I mean? So I'm and not- I, I've got like my rundown of what the podcast is going to be and the clips I'm going to play. So I don't even have the, I don't even have the comments up right now. Oh, okay. no yeah, no, it's so much different being a host than it is a guest. 
Like you've got all these responsibilities and I'm just chilling and relaxing. <laughs> That's why it's great to be a guest, Bob. It is nice to be a guest every yeah, once yeah. in a while. It is very nice. Exactly. You're, you're a great host when it comes to all the tournaments that you host over on your YouTube channel. I, I love being a guest on that. I appreciate yeah. it. Nice. Yeah, it's nice to flip-flop every now and again. It is very nice. It is nice. Mm -hmm. Yep, I'm just going to sit back and relax and let you just there you go. tell me what's going on. <laughs> well, let's sit back, relax, and start talking about some Synapse films. I'm going to play their logo just so we can kind of get into the mode of Synapse. Here we go. That was like their very old school logo too. That that's from ways back, like six seven years ago. Yeah, that's nice. And they've been around for a long time. They have surprisingly so. Um, yeah. I know in my collection I have about fifteen of their titles. You were saying you had a lot more because I I'm only new. I'm new to Synapse. I didn't really start collecting their stuff until like last year, I think. So yeah, I've got like forty five plus a couple like seven steel books or something like that. So yeah, then they've, they didn't, they're not like arrow or screen factory. They literally only have like probably less than 60 Blu-rays, uh, like eight or nine 4ks. And some mm -hmm. of those are just different artwork, like Tenebrae and stuff. And then they have like, I think 10 or 11 steel books. So they don't, they're not like arrow where they put out announcements every month. They just drop stuff randomly. Like right. the uh, crocodile they've released. Mm -hmm. I want. I don't have any of their steel books, and I want them so bad. Their their print runs are very limited. They don't make a lot, so they charge a lot for them. And like forty five hundred usually, I think something like that. Yeah, it's not a ton, and I yeah, I have not. There are a couple of these movies that have had steel book releases that I have, and I'm like, I really wish I would have just picked up the steel book because it looks phenomenal. All of them look great. The qual I've seen them before. I've held them. the The quality on them is just like more it feels more durable than your average steel book like there's it's more weighted almost if you want me to show them off i will whenever you want me to show some let's of them. let's do that now how about i will i'll back out here and you start showing off all your uh synapse steel books because i cannot wait to see these suckers all right so uh if it comes with a slip you know i need to slip so there's three i'm missing and the reason i'm missing them is because they came with special packaging originally and numbers on the spine and um, I have to get those and they're like a hundred bucks, but I can't get the standard edition. So here's popcorn, uh, double-sided artwork here. So very nice artwork on the popcorn. Love not the classic artwork on the back too. That yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of this movie. Uh, I, I have to rewatch it. Um, I, I love the steel book though. I, de I definitely have to rewatch it. Um, and usually if you go on their website, you can find a lot of these. Um, yes, they're pricey, but like don't pay eBay prices because a lot of times these are still in stock, like in print. And people will put out of print on eBay and ask for ridiculous amounts of money. Right. Demons 2 with that artwork on the back there. So they put their logo or the font on the back. So there's Demons 2. That looks amazing. Yeah, Demon's Tears is nice. I actually got these at Disc Replay, and I didn't know um, they were still in print. And uh, I think one of them was still in print. The other one was out of print. But I got them for 35 bucks each at Disc Replay used, but they were in good condition. That's so. not bad at all. I would have grabbed those in a heartbeat too, man. Yeah, and they were in good condition. Like, you know, you might see like a minor scratch, but really there's zero dents and stuff like that. So 
Nice. Um, and then that one is Demons, which is also a really nice artwork. And it comes with a ticket stub, a lot like the 4K did on the inside of it. So another yeah. very nice seal book. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the extras that come in the editions that we have, like when we talk about the movie. But the, I, I love like replicas that come in packages. Like if you want to throw in a book, everybody seems to do that and i'm never gonna read it so whatever but if you give me like a little prop of something that's from the movie i like that 10 times more yeah no absolutely um couldn't agree more absolutely mm -hmm. this is tombs of the blind dead here so you're gonna get a slip cover there's your back of it um now synapse a lot like severin and vinegar syndrome does load nudity on their stuff um and then there's the back. You get inside artwork here. And you're also on a lot of these, you get a little mini booklet. And then you also get discard. Now, I'm not going to open right. anything at the moment. But Synapse loads it. Like, they're yes, they're $44.99 or $49.99 steelbooks. But their transfers are really good. Yes, they are. Uh, excellent. Even their Blu-rays. And I'll get into that on my next steelbook I pull. But um, most of their movies are good. I didn't care for Tombs of the Blind Dead. Uh, but... Excellent transfers. You get a slip cover. You get double-sided artwork. You get front and back artwork. You get disc art, and you get inside artwork. And then a little mini catalog, usually. You can't beat that. Um, they don't shy away. Like, you know how Fright Night had a really nice deal book, but they didn't put inside artwork, and that pissed everyone off? Mm -hmm. Synops doesn't do that. They're not lazy, and they take their time with their transfers. So yeah, Sony's bad at not doing that, not putting artwork on the inside. It, yeah, I, it baffles me. It's not it's that hard to have. And it pisses people off. Yeah. No. Um, I can't show the back of this, the movie on this one. Uh, so this movie, I, I love talking about this movie. Um, it's not for everyone. I'm sure Adam out there, my buddy Adam, has probably seen this one. I think if he hasn't, he better watch it tonight. Uh, but this is a gorgeous deal book. So you get, here is Massacre at Central High here. So, um, they put out a Blu-ray of it afterwards. So if you, also, if you're not big into collecting steelbooks or when Synapse Films announces uh, only on steelbook, that's the only way you could get it. That's not really the only way. So they put this out about eight months or a year after the steelbook, and now it's on Blu-rays. Yeah, there, there's like the Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. I did not pick up the steel book, but then they just gave a standalone Blu-ray release of it right here. Exactly. And a lot of times... I think they might say the only way to get it is through the steel book. Yeah. If you wait eight to 12 months, sometimes less than that, you will get a standard Blu-ray yeah. of it. They just want to sell out of the steel books. They they they're very it, pricey. They'll say if it sells well, they'll put sure. out a standard Blu-ray. I've never seen them not put out a standard Blu-ray of it. So, but it's beautiful. I'm not a big fan of the yellow. Uh, then on the back here, can't show that there. But um, this is awesome. You better get those kids the hell out of here. Now, it's interesting to put a scene like that on a slipcover, but I appreciate it. Um, it's a very interesting scene in the movie, but that is gorgeous. I love that, Steve. I love that, too. That looks amazing. It is incredible. And then there's your back of it as well. And so this movie, it's it's so interesting. Renee Dobner, I, I think, was the director of it. Um, but it is so interesting. The dialogue, I, I personally am a huge fan of Massacre at Central High, uh, but there's like no adults in it and you get this high school and it's like a bullying movie and then he turns into the bully kind of. It's very interesting, but it begs to be talked about. I like, 
Hmm. And here's the thing with Massacre at Central High. I think it's the greatest Blu-ray transfer I've ever seen. When I watched it, I was like, how is this not a 4K? It was the cleanest and sharpest I've ever seen a Blu-ray in my life, dude. The transfer was absolutely incredible. You make me want to get that steelbook even more, man. So I'm losing it. Okay. Next one here is going to be Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Also another one that was just too slow for me. The back of the slip there. Very nice steel book. So they do go all out on the artwork on there. Yeah. This is one I really want. And it, it was slow, but I liked the ending quite a bit to this movie. Yeah, I get this one in Tombs of the Blind Dead mixed up. Yeah. Um, they I both... thought the transfer on this one was very good as well for a Blu-ray. Like Synapse goes above and beyond on their transfers for the most in- part. Incredible. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and then this was also something uh, I think has some of the best practical effects you'll you'll find the kindred um very interesting but great practical effects bit slow to start but last half picks up and it's a lot of fun so that's another one that has a blu-ray and that's your blu-ray artwork right there and then the back of it see usually having a paper slip cover on a steel book bothers me but those look nice just like the gloss material that it's made out of yeah they're super really good that's all of those, and then I kind of keep them alphabetized. I literally s- split them up with, yeah, I'm crazy like that. So, all, nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, those all yeah. look very nice together. Um, I love it, and I love their steel books. I love their transfers. I'm a huge fan. Honestly, Snaps Films is probably like top, maybe not so much anymore, but I'd say still top five uh, boutique labels for me. Um, they're right up there, top three, top five, to be honest with you. I think their transfers are incredible. And unlike a lot of labels that put out stuff I'm just not a big fan of, the reason why I am trying to complete and be complete on uh, Synapse Films is they don't put out stuff a ton, so it's not overly expensive. They're, if if you wait for sales through MVD Entertainment Group, mm-hmm. uh, they're like 15 bucks or less sometimes. And and they don't come with slips, so you don't, a lot of them don't. So you don't have to worry about slips going out of print or anything like that. Transfers are good, and majority of their movies, I I find something to like about. So I don't mind collecting Agreed. all of them and striking out with a couple. Yeah, I, MVD is they usually have sales on these at least twice a year on the mm-hmm. Snap stuff, and that's how I picked up the majority of mine is just because they were cheap. And I'm a big fan of like B movie. It doesn't even have to be garbage. It's just like I enjoy practical effects, and a lot of these releases that they have show those off in spades just because they were made in like the late 80s early 90s and that is like my peak horror movie go-to is just like nice effects i haven't have you seen intruder bob yeah uh, a very good one i i enjoyed that one quite a bit very gruesome oh you know what i didn't even pull intruder out because i knew you would oh there you go yeah. so i left that one Intruder's great and you got i think sam raimi and bruce campbell both in it and yep. uh, ted raimi mm-hmm. yep yeah, it's a good one. It's fun. I just rewatched that uh, in October. Yeah, I just put out a video on my social medias about Frankenhooker. This, uh, the transfer on here was okay, but I think the um, the negatives that they had to work off of weren't the best. This this is a very old release of theirs, though. It's one of the first ones I think they did. Uh, yeah, 2011. <laughs> so um, that would explain it. Yeah, yeah. So it's. 12, 13 years old. Uh, Frankenhooker is very interesting. I enjoyed quite a bit of Frankenhooker. I, I, I said, if you want weird science rated NC-17, go watch Frankenhooker. Yeah. 
I yeah. totally get that. Agree with that. It's a fun time. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a blast. Yeah. And then the last movie I just watched of theirs was the one that just came out, that invaluable uh, documentary. It says it. They do quite a few documentaries. Yeah. How was that? Yeah, I have one on a, a creep, so, creep show, too, that just deserts. That's I guess the only yeah, other one I have. Just deserts, yep. Mm-hmm. How was yeah. the that one that you just pulled out? I'm a big fan of Evil Dead, so any tidbits that I can get behind the scenes, I will just gobble up. And this one had a lot that I haven't seen, which is hard to say. Um, it's about the guy who did a lot of the effects on Evil Dead 1 and 2 and some Army of Darkness stuff. So, yeah, just a different view into that Evil Dead universe. I, I enjoyed it. And they're starting to dip a lot more into slipcovers as well now, So, um, which is nice. Uh, like some On their website. Yeah, that one was a website exclusive. So that is the one Yeah, I came with. The, yeah, exactly. You got to go through their website or like Diabolic mm-hmm. will usually have it too. Um, this is one that came. I haven't even opened it yet. I know Ash watched this and he said it was a bit boring, I believe. But Crocodile. This is, oh wait, there's nudity on there. You can't really see it. But yeah, that's a naked woman in the front there which is wild i didn't even know that until tony posted this on his page yeah. and covered that and i was like why is he covering the inside of the mouth and then i realized it's a completely nude woman now it might make me sound like a complete pervert and there's the back of it and that's fine but i actually really love when these companies are willing to like put ridiculous stuff and i don't mind nudity on slip covers i actually kind of find it to be unique mm-hmm. um I just, I think it's cool. I think it's, uh, as long as, you know, they're okay with doing it, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just adds to it. I just appreciate a bunch of just willing to go all out and put ridiculous amounts of art. Right. It's something that helps the label stand out a little bit. I just pray to God that my kids don't randomly like pick off one of those from the shelf. Cause they'll be like, Oh, oh God, how do I explain this? So there's a new one from Cauldron and I'm assuming it sold out. It's the only Cauldron Films Blu-ray I'm missing. Uh, And it has like a complete, it might be the most gratuitous nudity I've seen on a slipcover yet, even more vinegar syndrome or Severn. It's full like nude, frontal nudity, vagina below the waist and everything. Um, And she's like being killed. It's called like Frankenstein 80 or something like that from Cauldron Films. Yep. And it, I, it sold out already with the slip and it's like a hundred bucks on eBay, which is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, I just find it to be, uh, I think that the reason why that sold out so fast is because of that slip cover. I don't know. I feel like people enjoy or jump at the bit when they see nudity on slip covers because it's different. You don't see yeah. it. It's just not. It's risque in the U S. So if you can exactly. actually like get something to display it, some people will jump all over it for sure. It stands out. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are there are there any other releases you want to go over? Because the rest of them, I honestly have not watched. They're still sealed. I like doing blind buys a lot. Yeah. So, so go go over yours and let's see if I've seen any of them. Okay. My complete Synapse collection. Street hate, Trash. So Street Trash got rumored to get a 4K from them, a 4K upgrade. Um, I did not like Street Trash, but there is a uh, like a five minute scene with a. Um, <laughs> involving a penis and it's very funny oh good uh, just looking at the back there the visual effects look insane yeah i wasn't a big fan of street trash but i know a lot of people are um i know you obviously know mel really well mel loves yeah. street trash oh nice <laughs> yeah she's a big fan of street trash um and there's quite a few other people in street trash 
But. Speaking of Mel, at our meetup, you were great. You had this in your hands, and I said, I, I kind of want this movie. I haven't seen it, and it's one that I want to add to the collection. So you graciously let me get Satan's Little Helper. Mm, yeah. Which yeah, I still yeah. haven't seen yet. I plan to soon, for sure. Yeah, and then I grabbed the Your Next one, the Region B, because it had different artwork. So right, <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet. I and I know that you company in UK, I believe, put out another one of that, and you know Tony picked it up. Right. Yeah. So I yeah, shocked. Okay. Tony picked up something. Okay, I got Prom Night here too. Have not seen this movie yet. Yeah, I've seen the remake, but have not seen Prom Night. You got that one too. Yeah. So you've never seen the original. I haven't, no. Okay, so you've seen the remake with Britney Snow. I have. And you didn't like it, I assume. I mean, it was fine, but forgettable for sure. Yeah, so they shouldn't have made that PG-13. That was a huge mistake for yep. one. Um, yep. That especially, like Prom Night, because they cut and showed the blood splattering up against the wall and all that stuff. Uh, the original Prom Night is very different than the remake. Very different. Um, I won't spoil it. I think there's also three sequels. They came out with four of them, I believe. Oh, wow. I know there's three at least. Uh, a lot of people like the second one. Uh, but, yeah, it's like it involves a lot of phone calls. Um, the killer calling people on the phone and doing a weird voice. And, uh, yeah, it's – Prom Night's good, though. And Jamie Lee Curtis looks good in it. And I know my buddy Adam's a big fan of Jamie Lee Curtis. So am I, especially in that time period. So Yeah, she looked good in Prom Night. Um, she's not my favorite final girl by any stretch of the imagination. But she looks good in Prom Night, really good, especially at the end. Um, I think yeah, just her on the back cover of this. Yeah, it's just like okay, you got my attention. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She looks real good. A lot of cleavage in this one. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's see your next one. I got. I love me some creature features. So I got mosquito. Yo. So mosquito is absolutely bonkers. And yeah. Uh, yeah so that's the. Oh, what's that one? If you flip over the artwork. How can I can I swap you over here? There we go. Okay. Yeah, so that's the artwork. I actually hardly ever do that. I wish that's why I wish you get slip covers because then you could see both artworks. Uh, right. This was just too nice to pass up. That that one you have right there is the original theatrical artwork mm -hmm. um, or like original poster art. But yeah, this is Synapse Films, and then there is uh, Gunnar Hansen right there. Very so. Cool. Gunnar Hansen has a scene, and I don't want to spoil it in this movie, but it is a throwback to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it is hilarious and so well-timed and just perfect. It's kind of on the back right here. I don't know if you can see with the glare, but it's him with the chainsaw up there. And then this looks like freaking uh, Count Doom in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, like the bead eyes just going out like that. It looks crazy. So Mosquito, I pulled it in Tim Talks Talkies. Uh, top five um, practical effects stream. Uh, this was my oh. number one title I actually pulled. Uh, Mosquito okay. has incredible practical effects. Oh, you got uh, me excited, Bob. I gave it a three and a half on my letterbox because it's fun. Mm -hmm. I did not expect to enjoy this movie as much as I did. The mosquitoes look ridiculous, but the fact that it was all practical, all practical is very impressive because I was like, this looks so ridiculous, but then I like watch the special features afterwards. That's another thing about Snaps films. They have incredible special features. Agreed. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's awesome. Mosquito is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And Good to hear. They, they get a special. Okay, so this is how much I love Snaps films. Most people would say this is like, who cares? I find this to be, I appreciate this. They do a special feat or they do an interview for like 15 minutes or 20 minutes 
with an actress and an actor that had a sex scene in the movie. They're in it for about two minutes. Um, she was in zero movies after this. So two mm. minutes of her entire Hollywood screen time. Okay. And this guy did like one other movie. He showed his penis in the movie and that was it. They do an interview with both of them and they talk about like how they didn't go on to do anything else after this movie. And he's like, he's like, yeah, this was my big moment to shine. He's like, I got to, you know, show my stuff or something like that. But it's really cool. Watch the special features. Cause I just find it to be cool that, like almost 30 years later, you can find a person who was in two minutes of this movie and who never made another movie, but you found her to do an interview for 20 minutes. Right. I think that's awesome. I appreciate that. On Frankenhooker, there was a interview with the main actress. There was an interview with the makeup effects person, but then there was an interview with like one of the random hookers that got blown up. And she just talks about her being an adult film star. So when she got on here, at this place and it's like a 20 minute interview just like her experience on the set it's amazing so speaking of that so the woman who plays the sexiness she has a mosquito like you know fly up to like how could i have not guessed that yeah and uh she talks about being nude and so she's like when we were filming that um they would keep putting like a blanket or a jacket over me in between takes and she's like it was just making things even harder so at one point i said would it be easier for me to just stay nude in between takes and they were like are you sure you're comfortable with that and she's like yeah it's just way easier to do it that way so she's Mm -hmm. like i just like i so they were asking her about that she's like i had no problem showing nudity that was so easy for me to do that so she's like yeah i just stay nude in between takes (laughs) If you're used to it, yeah, roll with it, I guess. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was telling a friend today, I was like, dude, if I got paid enough money, I don't care. I'll show it. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, pay me good enough money, I don't care. It's fine. I can yeah. show my face, too. Mm-hmm. The actress in Frankenhooker, she's like, I'm you, I was used to having adult film mm-hmm. sets like with a budget of $10,000. This had a budget of $5 million. I thought I was on the biggest A-list blockbuster that there possibly could be. Like, It was just... Seeing people that aren't used to the business be interviewed about it is very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. The next title I got, I got sent to me from MVD. I have not watched it yet. It's uh, McBain. Yeah. yeah I don't even know if it's, I've never, I've heard nothing about this movie whatsoever. Christopher Walken though. Yeah. Yeah. I that, that's the one. Yeah. I don't know if that's all, sale. Know all, all the newer ones I'm going to wait for a sale. Sure. I'll get them. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I need to watch this movie because now I have three, I have the I have this movie and then the two sequels, Maniac Cop. So I got Maniac Cop here as well. Uh, in one of their podcasts, so Jerry and Don are the two people who created Synops Films. Yep. And Don's like the guy who oversees the transfers and does all the work on that. And he's mm-hmm. crazy. Some of the stories uh, that Jerry will share, like he came over to Jerry's house once in the middle of the night and he was like, we need to, we're in so much trouble. Like there was like, a three second clip that he wasn't happy with. And so he pulled the release and like had to delay it so he could get it right. But as a, as viewers and people who are buying it, I appreciate people like Jerry because that's why synopsis films never ends up with recalls or like uh, issues with their disc hardly ever because they make sure they get it right on their first try. And they, that's why their transfers to me are some of the best in the business. Maniac cop, they want to do a 4k of this. The problem is um, in his, I think it was Jerry talking about it. 
the guy who owns the original camera negative of this passed away. I think along with Frank and Hooker, he owned, and mm-hmm. they don't know where the original camera negative of Frank and Hooker or Maniac Cop are. That's I true. believe, and so they refuse to do a 4K without the camera negatives. Um, they're like, we're gonna do it the right way. We're never gonna just, you know, do like a cheap scan of something. We're always gonna do it from the original camera negative, and they can't. I don't believe they can find the original camera negative for Maniac Cop. And it's funny because the uh, the owner of the founder of blue underground is the one who directed maniac cop. Oh, that's why he put out two and three and 4k. That makes sense. He put out okay. two and three and 4k. Yeah. And uh, it's just so funny that he doesn't own the rights to maniac cops and ops films too. Um, so yeah, that is uh bill uh, lustig. lustig. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully both of them can work together and try to find that sucker. That would be, nice. yeah, it would be really yeah. nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I just watched Creep Show for the first time last night. So that's why I have not watched the making of Creep Show, just desserts. Is this any good? Have you seen it? I haven't seen that. I'm not making I don't watch a lot of documentaries personally. See, I love documentaries. I, I could watch documentaries all day. Um, this one looks absolutely nuts, and I don't know anything about it. Curtains. This yeah, I, I, I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen this one. Um, this, this went through production hell. They had a nightmare trying to get curtains made, uh, watch the special features of that too. But, um, or just check out a podcast episode. They talk about it, but curtains was not easy to get made. Uh, there was a lot of issues behind the scenes. Um, I believe it, it's a Canadian film. Um, and yeah, there was just a ton of issues, but that scene right there, um, is amazing is awesome that is the best scene of the movie hands down i liked the first half of this movie and i really liked that scene where it goes i didn't love it but i think i gave it like three stars so i thought it was like above average i I enjoyed it for what it was worth i'm always looking for a unique slasher and that scene that you showed of just that mask that looked so haunting to me that i'm like okay i i need to this needs to be in my collection so i can blind watch it one day yeah it's an incredible scene and then there's a scene in the road too like a dream sequence that uh, there's a lot of cool stuff with like masks and very creepy elements in this movie. So uh, I would recommend Curtain. Just understand that they did have some issues getting it filmed. So uh, there are some glaring defects in the movie kind of because of the production issues that they had with it. Sure. So, yeah. Okay. Then the last two movies I have from Synapse, I watched the original Basket Case, absolutely fell in love with it. And when I saw that there were sequels, I'm like, I have to get these. I will watch them one day. I think they're just like a different kind of uh, they're they're more comedic than Basket Case was, or just a so, different tone of comedy. I've seen Basket Case, Basket Case Two, and Basket Case Three. Mm-hmm. I think Basket Case is by far the best. Yeah, um, Basket Case Two is like to me just okay, and Basket Case Three I didn't really enjoy. They get even crazier. Um, you might like them. Just understand that they, if you think the first one was pretty wild, and yeah. I'll tell the second and third go even farther <laughs> see i loved how fun that franchise was or the first one was so i'm Did get really stupid so if you're into that kind of thing just understand i would say the second and third get ridiculous but they're still fun um i just didn't love it but i think best case is an incredible the, the original one was awesome gotcha yeah. okay that's all the titles i have so i think it's time to get to 
I got some titles here. Oh, no, show. Yeah, show yours. Yeah, so sure. I got Long Weekend, which I haven't seen. Um, I've heard it's slow, but I like the artwork, and um, I got to check this out. Anybody in the chat out there who has seen it, let me know. Mm -hmm. Long Weekend. This is fun. Uh, raunchy comedy. Okay. Uh, I just Reminds me of Ski School a lot. Yeah, so I like this a little bit more than Ski School, personally. But I also kind of grew up on this one, I believe. Uh, and you also get a porn star shannon tweed i believe she's a porn star married to gene simmons okay yeah, yeah. so uh she's in this but uh my dad enjoyed it my dad knew who shannon tweed was right away when she popped up on the credits i did not know who she was <laughs> um so i am a big fan of this it's a lot of fun it's honestly a lot of fun this movie's mm. a good time um and then you got the 4k of suspiria which i haven't ever nice. seen this but i've heard this is the best 4k transfer out there so i've heard it looks phenomenal mm -hmm. yeah i heard it in the audio i heard is incredible on that one obviously demons and demon yep. one and two here um tenebrae box set see i just got the blue underground 4k of tenebrae. okay gotcha yeah. yeah so this this artwork is, is absolutely that looks great and i'm a huge fan of tenebrae um i loved it i think it is miles above this one <laughs> now that might piss some people off i wasn't the biggest fan of this i didn't like it either phenomena i yeah. am a big fan of tenebrae though but yeah okay so, big juicy box sets uh love those box sets and they okay so synopsis films and arrow video are probably two of my favorite labels if not my two favorite labels along with like second sight and some others out there mm-hmm in case anybody doesn't know, the reason this looks so much like an Arrow Video Limited Edition box set is because they partnered with Arrow Video for this release and this release right Very here. Very cool. Huh. They worked with Arrow Video to get these done and uh, because they both own the rights to it, American and UK. So Arrow put out the UK versions and Synapse Films put out the American versions. But Jerry in the podcast said he had an incredible time working with Arrow Video and that the both of them hope to do more stuff in the future together because oh, they good. had a great time. So they did a great work. The transfers looked incredible, and they're two great labels. So how long uh, ago was that? That was last year that they did that. That came okay. out so like summer to fall, I believe, of last sure. year. So hopefully they're brewing something up now. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, and yeah, Tenebrae's Tenebrae was incredible. Tenebrae was awesome. Very cool. And then I got one more, uh, sure. Exterminator. Uh, now I have like 30 more in my room. Mm -hmm. But Exterminator, I think, I th so I get this in RoboCop mixed up because I couldn't remember if I grew up with this one or RoboCop or both. But um, I think I saw this as a kid when I was like five or six, but I haven't rewatched it yet. So I'm going to end up, it'll be one of those movies where I probably watch and it starts to come back to me. And my OCD drives me crazy on Letterboxd because if I'm not sure if I've seen a movie or not, I don't know if I should put previously watched, like a rewatch or not. That's my OCD talking. <laughs> if I remember watching the movie, I'll do it. But if I just am like, I think I did, I won't do it. You won't do it. Gotcha. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love Letterboxd. I was talking to a friend today about it and uh, just obsessed, obsessed. I said, I, I need help. I need to go into rehab for Letterboxd. <laughs> Out of all the platforms I'm on, I am most happy about how many followers I have on Letterboxd. I don't know how it happened, but I just passed 2,000 on there. 
absolutely yeah. love it because i've always wanted to do like movie reviews forever and to have that many people be interested in what i have to say about movies i just absolutely love it's great yeah and i know ken he dropped so so i told ken i basically i stalk yours in his uh letterbox yeah um anytime i look up a movie if i seen that you or ken have seen it or really anyone on my friends list i always look at you because you and ken leave reviews for like every right day, so mm-hmm. i'll actually look at the review and sometimes i'll see you um i have something in my watch list or something i want to watch and then i'll see like you and ken bolton like it. i'm like crap all right i'm gonna <laughs> this right now i'll get to it at a later date i probably see that you and ken both gave it a high rating i'm like all right cool these guys like i'm gonna check it out like right. top usually, usually if i give it a three or above it's a recommend for me if it's two and a half i would just or below i would stay away from it mm-hmm. for sure yeah. yeah gotcha absolutely but two movies that I both gave three and a half stars to. I saw you on Letterboxd both gave these movies four stars. That is Demons 1 and 2, folks. Yeah. The Synapse Films release, I love very much. I um, We knew we were going to do this last week. I had time to squeak and watch Demons 2 because I'd never seen that one. So, And I watched Demons 1 when this originally came out. They're great. The transfers, for the most part, are very strong. There's some black levels that don't look the strongest i just don't know if that's the transfer they worked with or whatever but i had a blast with these movies i and i was telling you today in the artwork on it just looking at it again it's incredible um i did not get a chance to rewatch those on 4k and so it is disappointing oh nice oh okay yeah on the back mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i am disappointed i didn't get a chance to rewatch them uh and I'll probably wait until like October now. I know Mizzy needs to check these movies out. Um, so I'll probably introduce them to him sometime in October. Um, and uh, hopefully he'll enjoy them. If he doesn't like demons, then we'll just beat his ass. But uh, <laughs> it, it he's going to like demons. De- if you don't like demons, I guess you just don't know what a fun time is. I'm a sucker for a movie that shows a movie theater in it. And this is like the entire setting for demons. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So popcorn's a lot like demons in the fact that it okay. takes place in a movie theater, but it's miles. Demons is way better than popcorn, like so much more fun. Um, and demons takes a minute to get going, but mm-hmm. man, once it gets into it, it's like nonstop for like what an hour, fifty minutes, like pretty much yeah. nonstop demon action. But even meeting the characters in it is still a fun time. It doesn't seem like it's a drag at all. Yes, and I had a um, huge crush on the uh, final girl, if you want to call her that, um, the blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the weakness for blondes in general. But uh, I I enjoyed her. I had a good time watching her. Okay, before we talk more about it, I do have the trailer just to kind of zap people in, just to see what you're in for for the movie Demons. Let, let's play that now. The preview you are about to watch is for a movie that is unlike any you have ever seen before. It is for a movie that goes beyond temporary fear to everlasting terror. It is a movie called Demons. Yes, the demons are coming, and they're coming for you. Warning. If you have the courage to see demons sit near an exit, otherwise, you might never get out. In your theater, who will survive the touch of the demons and who will not? Demons, 
with music by Billy Idol, Motley Crue, The Adventures, Rick Springfield, and Saxon. This is no dream. This is happening right now. And it could be happening to you. Demons. They will make cemeteries their cathedrals. And the cities will be your tombs. Will you survive it? Demons. I love they will make cemeteries their cathedral. They just kept on throwing tagline after tagline in there. Like, hopefully one of these sticks. It's so good. Demons is really good. And then the second one is like, it's it's a lot of the same stuff, just in a different setting. But if you like the first, I mean, you're going to like the second. Right. Watching this, we'll, we'll talk about the first one first, but the second one reminded me a lot of Evil Dead Rise. Hell yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> just throw it. It's the exact same thing, but in a different setting. Yeah, but they're, they're yeah, still 100%. Both fun. Abs, the two are absolutely. Right. I think it, Evil Dead Rise was probably inspired by it would have uh, to have been yeah, a little yeah. bit at least. Yes. But the original demons in the movie theater, it's great. The cast of characters that are thrown in there are phenomenal. The first person that gets turned into a demon is a prostitute. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a blind guy watching the movies in there. It's just, yeah, a, a lot of fun gags. There's, there's a lot of great shots on the audience watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good and we stuff. saw in the trailer, there was an actual shot of the projector with like the film threading through it I, I i love that i used to do i worked at a movie theater for like a year and a half so anytime that i see that i mm. always just get flashbacks to it it's great yeah i care because they don't do that much anymore no digital except yeah. for oppenheimer i believe yeah and that's imax that's a totally different beast you have to do yeah. like yeah so much and they shot oppenheimer in film right i believe they did yeah, yeah. yep nope no one is a sucker for uh shooting on film for as much as he can um, I love the release of Demons 1 and 2 because it came with a golden movie ticket that they hand out in the movie. Love practical yeah. props so much. If you get the steel book, you'll get that with it. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And on so the back good. side, it actually talks about the transfer. I'm assuming they switched that up because this talks about the 4K transfer on there. Okay. So, yeah, maybe they put out a new one or updated that. That's really cool. Like I said, mine's still sealed because I haven't opened it since uh, I haven't watched the movie. So, I... We'll be opening this. I got to rewatch these in October for sure. It's a fun time. Yeah. And it, these are just pretty much zombie movies. They're mm-hmm. called demons, but they're just zombies. Yeah. So if you like zombie movies and you haven't seen these, give it a shot for sure. Uh, this demons was actually another one that I pulled for. Look at that with Synops Films. This was another one on Tim's uh, stream that I pulled for top five practical effects. This was my number one um, that I, this was my number one pick too. Very cool. In this one, I in both of them, like the main thing that makes you like pinpoint that they're turning into demons is like the veins popping in and out look so amazing. I don't know if you remember that touch or not, but like their whole forearm just pops out the vein and it's just like, okay, shit's about to happen. And then that main girl transferring. Oh, when they're walking in a hallway with all of those glowing eyes everywhere looks amazing like that that is imagery that sticks with you for sure absolutely couldn't agree more now what kind of tv do you have for you so you talked about transfers Mm -hmm. i don't dive into deep into like transfers and like quality of movies because i just i i don't have like an oled or anything like that do you have a nice like setup and um dolby and all that stuff as well 
See, I'm not that big into an audiophile point of view, but I, I do have a 65 inch OLED and my basement doesn't have any windows so it can get pitch black down here. Um, I, I'd love a sharp image. And this is the only 4K transfer I've seen of Synapses, but for the most part, I was very, very on board with it. There were some blacks that did not get as crisp as I wanted it to. Like you could see the fuzz that was on there, but again, it just could have been the transfer on it as well. The original transfer they were working with. For the most part, very, very nice. There are some 4Ks that don't really seem like a 4K movie transfer, but the ones that really do pop make you that more appreciative of the 4K format. Like I'm, I'm thinking of like Second Sight's Drive. I'm thinking of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Like Both of those images made my jaw drop to the floor with how gorgeous they look. I don't want to pick on studios because there are good studio releases like uh Lost Boys was a really good transfer. Mm -hmm. Fright Night was incredible transfer from Warner Brothers and Sony. But in general, I feel like, especially the smaller boutique labels like Synapse Films, Second Sight, especially because the ones who aren't dropping out 15 releases a month, especially because mm -hmm. Kino's hit or miss. Like Kino's dropping out a bunch of great titles. It's really cool to see. But I don't hear people like rave about most of their transfers. But when you get Synapse Films, 99% of them are perfect transfers, really good. Aero Video does really good on most of their mm -hmm. transfers. I feel like Screen Factory, they're just kind of a little lazy in my opinion. And that's why I don't get their 4K transfers because I already have the majority of the movies I want from them on Blu-ray. And those transfers were fine enough. I'm not going to pay another 30, 35 bucks just for a 4K disc with all of the same special features. I like collecting stuff. I mean, the 4K transfer is fine. And for some movies, I will buy it just for the transfer if I heard it's really good. But I like special features in my releases. I like having stuff that you can't really find anywhere else. And if you're not going to put anything new into your release... It's really going to make me like second guess picking up your new. Are you going to be anything. picking up? Sorry, I'm off topic all the mm -hmm. time. No, you're Are good. you going to be picking up Megan and Violent Night Steelbooks? Um, Megan, no. I thought Megan was just okay. I think I, the Steelbook packaging for that movie is probably the best part, both of the packaging and the movie itself. The package, the Steelbook looks great. I just don't know if it's enough for me to buy it again. Yeah, I, um, I Violent Night, I was a big fan of, so I'm really too. excited about that. And I'll probably buy Megan just because it's a steel book. But mm -hmm. I am actually happy that Universal's at least putting out four the steel books because I I already bought the Blu-ray, so I definitely don't want to just upgrade for a new yeah. slipcover. So give me something different. It, yeah, I'm like when Paramount did the Wayne's World Blu-ray and 4K in the same fucking steel book, that made me mad. Oh, yeah. And I did. I just have the Blu-ray steelbooks. I'm like, I'm not going to buy the same thing. Just wasn't planes, trains, and automobiles another one, and then uh, Ferris Bueller was another one. Yeah, Ferris, Bu Ferris Bueller changed like the weirdest things. Like they changed one little segment of like the car layout that he was in. It's like the angle went up like five degrees or something. It was bizarre. So yeah, see why? Why even do that at that point? Yeah, it was weird. Okay, well. Demons, I know you haven't rewatched it or anything. We should probably touch a little bit about Demons 2. Demons, if you haven't seen it, I like Demons 1 better than Demons 2, but they're both really fun times. It's just, I think a lot of the originality from Demons, they can't really come up with a second time for the sequel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I feel like my four stars a little high on Demons 2. 
<laughs> because it is a lot of the same stuff. But if you enjoy the first one, you'll definitely enjoy the second yeah. one. Uh, but it is a lot of the same stuff. I'm going to play the trailer for Demons 2. And the worst part of that movie is in this trailer. See if you can spot what it is. Because it this infuriated me. And now, Imperial Entertainment is proud to announce that a blockbuster horror experience is coming soon, right after its current theatrical release, Demons 2, The Nightmare Returns. There's nowhere to hide. No place to run. No one is safe. From the unspeakable terror heading your way in Demons 2, The Nightmare Returns. Okay, so the best and worst part of that movie were in that trailer. Okay, which one are you talking about for the worst part? The worst part by far for me and where I was like, why the fuck am I watching this? Was that little kid going through the door and chasing her in her apartment, the pregnant woman. Hated that with a passion. I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> it is terrible. It looks terrible. It yeah. It, that is where I was like, okay, this is definitely nowhere near where the first one was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, no, the first one is definitely better than the sequel, but a lot of the same. Yeah. The best part about this movie to me was that guy coming through the TV it's screen. TV, yeah, I figured that was your favorite. That yeah. practical effect. I don't really know how they pulled it off. They must have just like been putting a projector behind him while he's going through some cloth or something. It looked amazing. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, practical effects. I didn't get. I didn't really get into practical effects at all until the last like about two years ago. To be honest with you, um, it was really late. And the reason why is because when I took uh, film class in high school and college and everything, we talked a lot about um like film and camera angles and all that stuff we never dove into practical effects when i was in high school um we never took a deep dive into practical effects at all so when i was in high school i fell in love with tracking shots and camera angles and all that stuff like i understood why something is a low angle shot why something's a high angle shot what it means in Mm -hmm. you know the grand scheme of things in the film i never understood that until it was high school and so changed the way i watched movies and then fell in love with it all in a different light. And that's why uh, I love tracking shots. I like, I, I get like, I foam at the mouth when I see like single takes and stuff like that, like 1917, obviously they're cutting, but it's incredible. It's flawless. We can't There's tell only like that. three cuts in the movie. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I, how they do that. And then um, I don't know how they edit that to where we can't see those cuts that it blows my mind that it's so flawless that we can't see those. Some are done like when they're doing like the tracking shot and going around a corner, like when they cut to darkness, like going through that corridor during like the dark scene. That's where they just cut the, I I like doing that stuff too. In high school, I had one friend who was a big cinephile and he was also a filmmaker. So I was in a bunch of his movies and then we just watched movies like crazy. And that's where I fell in love with directors and going through all their works. And yeah, I love it. it. Did they do in 1917, though? I didn't look this up. Did they do a lot of, like, long takes, though? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, without cutting? Like, yeah. 
there were a bunch of like 20 minute takes in that movie are you serious so there's like actual wow yeah, they, they only cut i think they cut it was either five or six times in that movie but yeah the majority oh, of it is just wow. like long takes yeah so it really is long takes then wow mm-hmm. Holy cow, so you got to get it right. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you can do that take over and over again until you get it right, yeah. Yeah, holy cow. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. Like the main, okay. when, when they're running on, like during the very end where he's running and he runs into a soldier and then just keeps on running, I what was heard, not supposed to happen. Heard he was not supposed to run yeah. into somebody, but it made the movie better. <laughs> yeah, because it was more realistic because, of course, you're going to run into a guy. Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. That's that's crazy. That's wild. Just keep just keep filming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 1917 is one of the best war movies of all time. Uh, it is like up here in Dunkirk is on the floor. <laughs> I uh, I just rewatched Dunkirk for the first I only I didn't want to rewatch it at home because I saw it in movie theaters. I had a good time. I did not think that the experience could be replicated at home like it was in theaters and it can't. But I. I think the main reason why I like Dunkirk so much is because 70% of that movie is shot in IMAX. So mm-hmm. when you even when you watch it at home, it looks phenomenal. And I mean no disrespect. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not a fan of it, but I never right. ever like that's one thing when it comes to film with me when people rank or rate movies or like letterbox ratings. If somebody gives a half star to a movie I gave five stars to, I won't like I don't get upset about that. If mm-hmm. anything, I'm just like, hey, what like why did you give it a half star? I just hope if somebody gave something one star that I love, like give me a reason why you hated it. I'd love to have a discussion. Like I'm not gonna right. get mad, but if you can't give a reason why you hate something, it's like, did you really hate it or are you just hating to hate? Yeah. No, I, I love talking movies and everybody has their own opinion. And yeah, I yeah. I'll I'll talk movies all day with you. Yeah, it's, sure. it's it's important to respect other people's opinions and don't get sure. mad because they have a different opinion. Exactly. Makes I no mean, sense. at the end of the day, you know, film is subjective. We say that you know every day, pretty much, but it's very true. And I'm going to be doing a horror tournament um, in October, and I've told people like if when I reach out to people to have them on, if you're going to create arguments or get upset about what is or what isn't horror, and I understand everybody's going to do that. But I thought about this the other day. I was like, who am I or who are you to tell me or you uh, what is horror in the eyes of you, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this is, to me, this is horror, right? But, like, somebody out there could say it's not real, like, you know, obviously there's other movies out there like Silence of the Lambs, Misery, things like that. But at the end of the day, horror is subjective, right? Like, what I view as horror, you might not. Um, And is there really a fine line of what is and what isn't horror? You know what I mean? Like if you see Hocus Pocus as a horror movie, kids horror, then who's to say it's not. One of the main reasons why I like demons and demons too, is because it mixes the humor and horror. And sometimes you're laughing at something and 30 seconds later, you're like, Oh my God, the feelings that I had that were laughable are now like, Oh my God, now I'm frightened a little bit. And it just flips it on its head so quickly. Love it when movies do that and not enough do. Yeah, no, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Horror comedies are usually, so a lot of people think I hate horror comedies. The thing is I don't hate horror comedies. I hate what I don't like is when movies take a very serious concept, like an original, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, I'm trying to think of another one off the top of my head, Evil Dead. And they, and I understand Text Chainsaw Massacre 2, Evil Dead 2 are like cult classics and some of the greatest mm-hmm. horror movies of all time to most fans. Because I liked Evil Dead so much and Text Chainsaw Massacre, and they take themselves pretty seriously, as, 
especially Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm not a fan of when you make the second one like really silly and over the top and sure. campy and stupid, yeah. in my opinion. So that's why I'm not big into that. Now, when it comes to horror comedies like Demons or say Shaun of the Dead or something like that, I'm or Blackening. I'm all for that because I know what I'm getting myself into. It's the original. It's the first one. I know what I'm getting myself into. But with something like Text Chainsaw Massacre, I love the first one. And then you go and make the second one completely. And I understand some people say, well, you got to make it different. I, I yeah. And I respect that. And I'll have to rewatch it. But usually it's not my cup of tea. I agree with you for the most part on Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. The first one is so iconic and so terrifying that just going in a completely slapstick region for the sequel seemed nuts. Even though Toby Hooper said the first one was a comedy too, I didn't see it that way. Oh. So just the tone, the change in tone threw me for a loop. I'm hoping when I rewatch it a second time, I will like it a little bit more because I know what I'm getting myself into. With, e with Evil Dead 2, at least they are telling the same story from one, just almost in a different genre. So yeah. I, I I can I like that aspect of it just because you're not really changing it. It's like you're remaking your own movie. Who so Toby Hooper? I didn't know that he said that to Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a comedy. Right. I don't know a single person that sees Texas Chainsaw Massacre as comedy. Now I know people like it. Tim's not a fan of it. I know other people. Maybe some people hate it. I don't know anybody to say that it's a comedy though. That that doesn't. I don't buy yeah. into that. Like I didn't know that either until I watched the special features on him. Outside of Franklin in the wheelchair and like when he like you could laugh at certain moments with Franklin, he whines and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But he's really playing a character. I don't think Franklin's even meant to be funny necessarily. I think he's just in a wheelchair and unfortunately he's talks funny kind of even and, at the very end of texas chainsaw where leatherface is just like wielding a chainsaw over his head like that was supposed to be a comedic moment and it just did not land yeah no everything about that movie like it, it feels terrifying you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it, yeah and i ended up recently somebody posted on their um instagram i didn't know how they filmed that iconic uh scene with her walking towards the house um it's like did you hear about I, the film I did yet? see this. I did see this, yeah. So that was so cool because they almost lost their job over wanting to film that because mm -hmm. the the studio was like, no, we don't have enough money for this. Like, And they, they were like, well, we're going to film this, and if you want to fire us, then do it, basically. Yeah. And, that DIY uh, mindset, man. Exactly. That was <laughs> so freaking cool to like hear. He laid down, and then he just started <laughs> pushing this. like, And it's so iconic. Yep. And I obviously you get the shot in the remake with Jessica Alba, but I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm curious to hear if anyone in the chat ever noticed this or thinks that Eli Roth might've been inspired by Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Did you ever see Cabin Fever? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you remember the shot with uh, her name's like Vince? Uh, what I, I don't know what her name is, but she's in the jeans and she's walking and it's like a slow mo it's not slow motion but it's almost the same exact shot as texas chainsaw massacre it's mm. like right behind her and showing her ass like as she's walking through and i just right away i i thought back to the original texas chainsaw massacre and whenever i see stuff like that i'm like i wonder if they took like a, a page out of the notebook of text chainsaw massacre you know what i mean like i wonder if that was inspired by that or they maybe not i don't know <laughs> Or maybe it's just something in their subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 
Yeah, see, I, I, I know that there's not a lot of Franklin fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, Franklin cracks me up. Like, I love quoting Franklin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Frank, why? Why? <laughs> it's great. But then he gets killed at the end of the wheelchair. That poor, like, mm-hmm. y'all hate on Franklin. Everybody hates Franklin, right? But that dude went through hell. He gets stabbed in the hand. He falls out of a, a van, rolls down a hill. He gets he's in a wheelchair and, and Leatherface just comes out of nowhere with a chainsaw and like this dude can't do anything he's in a wheelchair. Poor Franklin. I was happy when he left though. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. everybody was. Everybody was. <laughs> yeah, see, every, the chat's just funny. It's just I, I read the chat, you know, because I can see it obviously. So sure. um, and it's so easy once again as a guest. Like that's the thing I try to tell people as hosts, like so I'll get people that I'll like read the chat and they'll start calling out comments. And I'm like, I didn't get there yet. Or like, give me a minute. Cause when you're hosting, it's totally different. You got a job to do us guests. We, we don't have anything to do. We got no reason. I, I could go through yep. the, I just see it coming as it goes. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, it's totally different. That's a message to any guest versus host out there. Who's never hosted before. That's why it's so different as a guest. It is not easy hosting streams. <laughs> so I appreciate it's a lot to focus on. You're just it bouncing is. all over it's the place. Fun, yeah. And there's so it's so different. So I really appreciate you uh hosting and I'm having a blast. And I appreciate you having me on, man. It's a good time. I really yeah. like one-on-ones. I'm a big fan of them, to be honest with you. I, I do too. You can kind of focus on something a little bit more. Yeah, know? we're gonna be together again in like two weeks. You ready for that? Two weeks from today, I think. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm joining your Hall of Fame, which is yes, very cool. Yes, you are. And you are one of the big reasons why I ever started that. So I will be talking more about that in two weeks for sure. Yeah, no, that that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on as a first guest. Like you, I helped talk you through a little bit of like how you were going to start the Hall of Fame. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm going to have you as my first guest too. do a whole like circle big circle eating each other thing yeah no absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah i'll dive a lot into that for sure but i honestly i don't know if if you didn't message me and say hey that should be a real thing Mm -hmm. i don't know if that ever even becomes a thing the hall of fame and i have a lot of fun with it so i really appreciate that like nudge of course yeah no anytime anybody wants to reach out i will definitely try to give you my two cents and help push the bird out of the nest a little bit. And, and that is so important to anybody listening right now. If you're on the fence about starting something or you've anything like that, like, or if you know somebody is like either message somebody or, you know, don't be afraid to give somebody that nudge. You know what I mean? Like and you, you could inspire somebody or, you know what I mean? You might be the reason somebody wants to start something. And like I said, and um, I'll give, I'll always give credit where credit's due. Right. Like if, if Jake doesn't message me, I probably never even think to do it. And then Jake said it, and it was like, you know what? Yeah, how do how, how would I run it? And then Jake and I ran for a while, talked ideas, bounced ideas off me. So, you know, appreciate it, man. Yeah. No, I was like, I've wanted to start this podcast for months, and I just really didn't have that much of like, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to format this? And then finally... I had a buddy of mine make the logo and I'm like, I really like the way this looks. I'm just going to kind of wing it. And I, I think what we did was pretty good. I, I enjoyed the time talking with you, Bob. I enjoyed your, I liked your thumbnail uh, a lot. Um, and I totally agree. And I appreciate other people out there who uh, helped me with my thumbnails. Tony is a, a big into that. Tim has helped me a ton 
in the past him did the hall of fame for me the, and i really like the way that thumbnail works but um yeah that's why i love the community like i i think i was just telling you today so jake reached out to me yesterday and uh this this is i'm gonna just to you know um brag about the community uh jake reached out to me yesterday and was like hey do you need me to grab those um if i if the steel books are at walmart do you need me to grab them for you and i was like appreciate it i was like tony looked out for me like he's already got um all five of them for me and so like tony's always looking out for me other people have looked out for me like johnny's looked out for me tiana has a thousand times over like adam has um Mizzy has before. Mizzy sent me stuff in the mail that I didn't know was even coming. And I all of a sudden I get like Coyote Ugly in the mail. I was like, cool that I watch it. I love Coyote Ugly. So, but that's, I love bragging about the community because it does mean so much to me. And because, and I sound like a broken record, I'm sure, but I don't care because uh, people look out for people so much. Like for you to message me and be like, hey, do you need me to pick those up? And then a couple weeks ago, I missed out on something and two people messaged me and they were like, hey, did you get this? And I was like, yeah, I ended up getting another copy. But it's like the fact that people look out for you, it's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just awesome. It's it's just a very, to me, I know it's not perfect and I know there's issues and stuff like that, but I find it to be very welcoming overall for the most part. And uh, I've made great relationships with people and uh, it's just cool that people look out for you like that. The, this community on YouTube is the main reason why I wanted to make a weekly content because normally I just do a lot of short form stuff. I, I like doing TikTok, but the community is very few and far between. This seems to be a very like tight knit group and I like popping into a lot of different live streams that the group does. So I just yeah. kind of wanted to be like, okay, I, I kind of want to join this group a little bit more. And that's why I'm kind of doing, doing this thing. So I'm, I'm happy for anybody who decided to pop in today. Yeah. And you get your, your usuals, you know, your usual suspects, if you want to call it that, like, mm -hmm. it, it's almost like you'll never start a stream without like at this point, like film addiction, you'll always see there. You always see what's Johnny watching at this point. Um, Holland Oats. I don't think you'll ever see a, do a stream without him in there. So I'm gonna start popping some comments. In yeah, I've never seen Joshy. Joshy before, but I saw you in the chat tonight. Appreciate you being here, Joshy. Mid level media. What's Johnny watching? Like, yeah, Mizzy is another one. Yeah, and some Tiana had some Holland, just like you were saying. Always mm -hmm. there, Tiana. Yeah, exactly. You'll never see do a stream without Tiana unless she's working too. And Tiana loves the community. Like, right? Yeah, she's a big fan of people. Very cool. And everybody just in the comments just says hey to one another, which is, I don't know, it's very cool. I, you don't, I don't, I don't, you don't see that a lot yeah. anywhere when it comes to community. That guy right there, Adam the Movie Hunter, like, dude, I've developed a friendship with him that goes beyond like brotherhood almost. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like that. So it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, Josh, he's 15. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Obsessed with physical. That's what I like to see. I like to see the youngins get obsessed with physical generation media. of physical media. It is super cool because you don't I, see that a whole lot. At well, all. I feel like that's going to become more and more rare because the main reason why I like collecting stuff is because I liked going to the rental store when I was a kid. And that's not a thing anymore. So I, I don't know how I, I don't know what the next 20, 30 years looks like. Yeah. For physical media. Yeah. Kind of yeah. scares me a little bit. Yeah. No. And, and, and Jake, like you look at the community we met in person yeah with stacy and Corey 
and yeah. Corey's in a lot of chats as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, Mel. and then mm-hmm. Mel, of course. And so it's yeah. like, and it was so much fun. That was one of the highlights. Honestly, like two of the biggest highlights in my year were meeting other people from this community, like with Tim and, you know, everyone that I met up with in St. Louis. So right. and Tim was a surprise. I turn around and Tim's there and um, it was very surprising. So that was cool. It was a good time. And then we're meeting up in October and we're mm-hmm. doing another one in March as well. So yep. again, I'm not the only one meeting up with people. Other people do it. And I know we're trying to do something in November closer to you, Jake. Right. Or maybe not November, but yeah. I, I think it's November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's what we've talked about, but yeah, Hopefully, we need to make yeah. that group get a little bit bigger. We're going to yeah. meet in my neck of the woods this time. And I, I've got a lot of good uh, honey holes to show you guys. So. I'm looking forward to that. James is another <laughs> really good guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Appreciate it, James. Yeah. I mean, there are so many comments here. I, I think last time yeah. I checked, there was like 125 comments. Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot there. There was, uh, I appreciate everyone who hung out as well. So, um, yeah, we got a little group chat going on Instagram, and I sent it to the I sent to the group chat. And most of them are here, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I'm sure they knew about it anyways. But uh, you know, it's really cool. But I, 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 the only person I didn't recognize in the chat tonight was Joshi. So it's kind of cool yeah. seeing somebody new here. guy from New Zealand. I, I wonder what the collecting is like in another like in the u.s i feel like we're spoiled a little bit because mm-hmm. uk has even got off the map i know australia doesn't even sell disney releases anymore like i i wonder i've never heard anything about how new zealand's collect yeah yeah i don't know um i i don't know you know we were making all the jokes uh yesterday about um because all the regions like dvd we got really technical because somebody had an m on their dvd and whatnot and it gets crazy when you start doing that but technically those are the rules those are the rules you know right so yeah they're talking about manchester morgue now i i thought the transfer was good too ken um i've not seen the kindred and i want to that steelbook looked phenomenal man tiana says the u.s is spoiled i i feel like the uk is spoiled they get like zavi spoils people with some ridiculous box sets i feel like i was i was jealous of the uk and their zavi hookup when i first started collecting like 10 years ago i feel like the longer it's been going us has caught up a lot and i think we might have surpassed them with the amount of steel books we get as opposed to what they get yeah yeah i i'm i think best buy at times can be really lazy with their artwork though and i don't know who that ends up being if it's lionsgate who's higher you know what i mean like mm-hmm. Now, Lionsgate's doing a good job, but there are some times where you're just like, what is this? Well, it's kind of, it's curious to see what like Best Buy and Walmart are doing. They'll release the same movie, but have a 4K steelbook at Best Buy and a Blu-ray one at Walmart. Yeah. The Expendables 1 through 4 is getting its steelbook from Walmart. Yeah. That's Mexifunk who put the artwork. So that's gorgeous artwork. Mm-hmm. Who did the 4Ks from Best Buy then? Like who who's in charge of that? Because I think the I do agree the steel book at Walmart is way better than the crows that Best Buy had. I do yeah. like the consistency, but I don't think it's like the greatest artwork by any I chance. don't either. It's and probably I, one of the lazier um Lionsgate ones, in my opinion. And uh, it's very sneaky of them to release the one through four artwork a few days after the one through three 4Ks have already been out. Yeah. Yeah. And I know the fourth one, though, 
to anybody wondering, they did already announce the 4K Steelbook at Best Buy, and it's going to be the same exact artwork as the. Oh, film. have they? Okay, I haven't yeah, seen it. It's another crow. It's just a different color, so at least you're going to get the consistency of all those. Yeah. And it's kind of nice that they did that with Mission Impossible One through Six, but then Seven is like red and <laughs> completely that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I liked with Fast X, they just kept with that because that, that line has been going forever. And I was shocked that Fast yeah. X still had that same artwork style. Yeah. I'm happy to. Yeah. I think we'll stick with it. Um, hopefully, at least. I don't know when the next time. I was actually talking to Mizzy right before we went live. Yeah. And I was telling him, uh, I feel like with these, this, and it's not even a resurgence, but we are getting a record amount of steelbooks released right now. Like it is Agreed. insane. I feel like. Correct me if you think I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe it has a little bit to do with the strike, and these studios are taking notice that they need to start making some money elsewhere. Maybe uh, that's physical media. I think that's the main reason why Disney is hopping back in, just because they are losing their ass in the box office the past 18 months. They really have been. And I wouldn't say this upcoming or the strike that's happening right now, I would say COVID really put them in a bad spot. And they're because yeah. for in order for a studio to come out with a release, it has to be at least nine months out. Like they start making the steelbook releases before the movies, even out in theaters, just designing everything just because there's such a short window. There's like three, four months from when it's in theaters to when you can buy it at home. But we are getting insane amounts of steelbooks, like black Hawk down every release. Like, and I know this month there were 28 steelbook releases in October. There's 33. And that's, that's just absolutely nuts. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was looking at the a lot. I think it's October 10th, I believe. There's like seven on that date alone. Uh, Winnie the Pooh from Walmart, mm-hmm. the Screen Factory one. Like, oh my it's god. It's a bloodbath. Like for so I, I, movie hunter tries to collect every single steel book release that comes out. Mm-hmm. More power to him for the next couple months. He he's was in the, he was in the chat tonight, and he was yeah. like, "I'm gonna have to get." I think he's. I missed. I saw the comment. I can't remember, but he was like, "I'm gonna have to get another job or something to, with all these steel books." And I've never heard him say that before. But like, right. if he's struggling, you know, other people are. Yeah, and I feel like it's just been the past like three, four months that it's just been like slowly increasing the steel book releases, and now there's more steelbook releases than there are days in the month that's absolutely that's just steelbooks and then you get like it follows and crimes of the Mm -hmm. future and gets expensive second sight box sets which are 60 bucks and then umbrellas dropping these ridiculous box sets that are so sexy looking (laughs) and it's just yeah and then arrow video every month and screen factory every month they have a whole catalog criterion's another one has a catalog I wait for Criterion Note for the sales. I never purchased mm-hmm. from them otherwise. But yeah, Laren, sorry, Laren asked what my thoughts were on Creep Show. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was okay. A little disappointed. It was. I like campy horror, but that was like Ooh. very, very campy. Like this could have been shown. The majority of it could have been shown on like broadcast television. Campy. So I haven't seen Creep Show, but you say campy. That doesn't usually. I don't know. I, I don't know. I gotta check it out at some point. I gotta get the 4K. Gutter balls. 
Have you seen? You haven't seen Gutter Balls. Have I you? haven't. I, that's unearthed films, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, can you handle stuff like Gutter Balls, or is that way <laughs> my, too much? Um, I, I brought a big list of movies up. We had the kids away during my wife and I's anniversary. Oh, you watched Martyrs. Yeah, I and mean, we my, out of all the movies I picked, my wife wanted to watch Martyrs. So I'm like, okay, let, let's I, go. And I, I yeah, I liked that movie. For the I moment. don't have TikTok, but I see you post all of your TikTok. I post everywhere. Right yeah, mm-hmm. I see like. Yeah, you're uh, high up on my algorithm. Like, I never miss a post that you post. So I always see your stuff, your games you play, and all that stuff. Sure. But I saw the Martyrs watch along with the wife and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. <laughs> my goodness, dude. What did the wife think about it? Like, a deep dive into your wife. My stuff. wife loves that messed up stuff. Like, when I, I usually come downstairs, I'll watch a movie. She doesn't like to come downstairs because it's cold. But I come down here because the OLED is here. She'll stay up in the room and watch like true crime. Like she likes the fucked up real world stuff. And I just don't care about that stuff at all. Now, how does the wife handle stuff like last house on the left? And I spit on your grave. Is that too? Rapes are rough. Okay. So that rapes are rough. Don't watch gutter balls with her um, at all under any circumstances. Cause that's like a next level rape scene. Um, Sure. Can you handle it? I'm, Last house on the left was rough for me. Okay. I mean, I, I would still watch it, but I was uncomfortable, if, which is how you're supposed to feel. If last house on the left was rough, yeah. I would not watch gutter balls. Cause there's a scene involving a bowling pin that mm-hmm. they do with the woman. And it's See, n- not something you would like. Unearthed films may, or came out with a release last year called Christmas cruelty. Have you seen that? I haven't, but that's not American. It's a foreign film, right? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. Swedish. I believe. Yeah. It's but Swedish, the yeah. first 10 minutes of that, fucking brutal like is it good though is it decent i for the most part i enjoyed it yeah just because it was very unique i think did you get the slip with it i think it came with the slip too i believe so yeah yeah i'm i'm definitely gonna check that one out this christmas okay it's 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 different and they're like the first 10 minutes wild and then there's an hour which is just building character between three people and then the last 20 minutes is wild Okay, I'm going to check that one out for sure. Christmas Cruelty, yeah. I, it was on my list. I actually had it pre-ordered. And I just didn't want to pay. Like, I think when it came out, it was too expensive that I didn't want to pay that. A lot of movies that are just like, they try to throw the Hangout vibe out there, but it doesn't really catch or it gets boring really quick. This has a good sense of like, hey, it's just a few buds hanging out during Christmas, getting drunk. Like, that's what the middle part of that movie is. So everybody hated... um now I'm drawing a blank on it. It came out right around this Christmas Bloody Christmas. RLJE put it out. Yeah, I've uh, heard of it. Haven't seen it. Yeah. So I liked Christmas Bloody Christmas. Now most people hated that. I'm a big fan of RLJE. A lot of people hated the dialogue. Um, there are a like record amount of swear words in that movie. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bother me at all. Um, mm. I actually, I like my buddy Vinicio. He didn't like the dialogue. He's like. I have a trucker's mouth. Like I cuss all the time. He's like, even it, that even bothered me. I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I was not bothered by the dialogue, but I feel like that's the dialogue I have on a daily basis with my friends. (laughs) Not on a daily basis. Let me rephrase that. It's a conversation I absolutely would have with any of my friends um, at any time, but it is like, yeah, I don't know. There's just a like every other word is like an f bomb and stuff. I feel like, but I I don't know. I guess because I'm so used to that, it went over my head. I didn't even like it. Didn't bother me. It didn't phase me at all. I don't mm-hmm. like. You could cuss as much as you want in a movie. It really wouldn't bother me though. No, cussing just goes over my head. Yeah. I, I yeah. yeah. 
even every other word could be a cuss word and it still wouldn't bother me. Pretty much. My my kids aren't allowed to cuss, but if they're singing a song, they can cuss during it. Oh, really? It's the funniest <laughs> thing in the world to hear my girls be like, can I say this? I'm like, yeah, you can say it. So they, they sing it and it's hilarious. It's the best. That's funny. And you, yeah, because you got two daughters, right? I do. Yeah. And no they're boys. like seven and five. So it's still funny to hear them say those words. No boys. Nope. I'm, I'm cool with that, though. When yeah. I when I had my first girl, I was like, man, I kind of wish I had a boy because I yeah. would kind of know what I was getting myself into. But yeah, two two girls has been great. So I don't have any kids, but my I obviously have a niece. And I was just talking to my sister today and she's like, I know you like Rosalie more than Benton. And I was like, it's not that. I was like, he just doesn't have a personality yet. He, and she, she's like, yeah, he only knows like 30 words so far or something like that. And I was like, I still love Benton, but Rosalie's my goddaughter. She was the first newborn I ever held like mm-hmm. in my arms when she came, you know, out. And so it was just super cool. And I, I adore Rosalie and she's, she's four. So she's like got a personality right. and stuff like that. Well, she'll be four this year, but um, it's, it's so cool. And it's so funny because my sister gave me a hard time and her husband. So my brother-in-law, she's like, you two wanted a boy so badly. You wanted me to have a boy. And now you're obsessed with Rosalie. And it's like, yeah, it's funny how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, all we wanted a boy was a boy, her to have a boy so badly. And now we're just obsessed with Rosalie. It happens. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Zoe and Maya are the best. So yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't have had it any other way for sure. I don't know. I think there's something about like girls. They're just adorable and mm-hmm. fun to be around. Yeah, like, maybe Benton will get like that when he gets older. But right now, I still love Benton and just biased towards Rosalie. Sure, no, I get that. You know what I'm excited about? What's that? We just got Tiana to order demons and demons too. Yeah, so I, saw watch that I saw that earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go. See, you probably saw all these already, didn't you? I, I did. I did because I, I. So it's like I. You got as a guest, we get private chat, and then to the right, right of that we get comments. Yep, and the comments just unless I move it and I haven't touched, like my hands have been down the whole time. So it just keeps coming across. So like I see every comment as it comes across. So when you're hosting though, like when I'm hosting a stream, for example, I'm not even in the comment section. I'm on (laughs) banners or something else. I'm keeping score. If it's a tournament, Uh, Mm -hmm. the hall of fame stream, I've got like 15 different folders and 80 different things I got to do. I'm not in the comment section. There's times I get back to the comment section. There's a hundred chat and I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, I got, off topic you know it was hard for me just to play the couple of clips i did i couldn't imagine going through all the stuff you have to do when you have all of that for your hall of fames it's next level man yeah you got to be prepared for sure and mm-hmm. you know obviously ken does his round tables too and like you don't i don't get nervous anymore i did when i first started i was terrified armpits mm-hmm. i feel like i was sweating here yeah. i don't get nervous like that anymore but I, you got to be prepared for sure. Cause I've showed up to streams, not quite as prepared and it's not smooth. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's just not good. Yeah. You don't, I had to... a, yeah, I had a lot of preparation for this just cause I, I wanted to kind of stick to some bullet points and we got to the majority of them, but you can't just stay yeah, strictly exactly. to your schedule either. If something else flows, just go with the flow. And you showed me the structure and I think yeah. structure is very important. Um, mm-hmm. I try to do that with a lot of my streams as well, like my Hall of Fame stream. I'm tough on myself, man. Like, for me, when I'm hosting, like, I can get burnt out pretty easy if you do too much. But mm-hmm. 
I don't know how you don't get burnt out with TikTok, like posting. I know you were doing three times a day at one point. Yeah, that's why I switched back down to two. Two yeah. is a lot more reasonable for me. Yeah. yeah, but I'll be honest, man. Like it, the burnout is definitely real as well, and I don't even post as much as like you or Sue or Ken does. Mm-hmm. But it's still like between work. So I work like this is twelve hours a day. Like I am working right now, like thirty-eight straight days in a row. I won't get a day off. So, um, it get, and then you gotta, you do your streams on top of that. And it's not to complain cause I love doing it, but it gets exhausting. And then you're not sleeping and then you're just like a crab. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I, I have been there to where like, why the fuck am I doing this type thing? Yeah. But I just, I, you just got to push through the funk every now and again. And yeah, you get through mm-hmm. it. And then I, I do stuff like this and I'm thousand percent in. So. Yeah. That's why I'm big when I'm a guest, like. I want people to understand like, yes, I'm reading the chat, but it's not like, Hey, you're behind. You know what I mean? That's not it at all because mm-hmm. I've got nothing to do. You see my hands are up here. Like to people, if you're watching right now, you haven't seen Jake's hands because he's doing something the entire time. Like he's, right. as a host, you got to be like, you got other stuff. He's reading the chat and stuff right now. Like mm-hmm. there are other things as guests. We don't do crap. You know what I mean? You just got to prepare for whatever you got to do as a guest. But yeah, that's why I always tell people like I respect Ken and Tim so much. Like they put on great shows as hosts. Um, and there's a lot of other good hosts as well. But yeah, like it's it's a lot of fun to watch and it's a lot of fun to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So I, really- yeah, I wanted I wanted the chats to come at the end because I kind of like just having a one on one conversation uninterrupted and just us kind of talking about whatever. But I also like to see what everybody said. Yeah, I'll be all over the darn place on the Hall of Fame. Just <laughs> so. No, it's all good. There's like, no, there's, I have a sort of a structure, but I never, it's like, I know what I want to get to, but there's no structure behind it. Sure. <laughs> so Trevi yeah. just picked up the true romance box set and steel yeah, book. Absolutely no, love that release. It is awesome. Yeah. It's a beautiful. One. Yeah. I agree. That and wild things. And yeah. I, just, I just watched all three Curl Intentions movies and all four wild things movies. I watched wild things for some, and some of them were, a little rough to get through. They're not. I knew there were two. I didn't realize there were four wild things. Four wild things. Wild things foursome, and then wild things like diamond in the rough. I think or dime. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. They're basically the same exact thing. <laughs> um, like two, three, and four are like the same exact thing, just with different characters. But I could get through them. I could sit through them. But I would never make somebody else sit through wild things foursome. That's a rough one. A foursome you'd pass up, Bob, huh? You're om- you're almost there. Look at that. All of a sudden, I saw the blue pop up. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, look at that. I think that two more, and mm-hmm. I think that is it. Okay. So I think at the end of every podcast, I will do a sneak peek of who I'm going to have on the next podcast, what movie we're going to talk about on the next podcast, just so if you want to watch it and talk about it while we go live doing it, then you have some homework to do for the next week. So the next person I'm going to have on here, we've talked about them in the stream today. And that is going to be none other than Mel for My Killer Podcast. Blood Diner, Vestron. We're doing Blood Diner from Vestron Video. When she brought that up, I'm like, okay, I did not know if people were going to pick the heavy hitters with like Arrow Video and Scream. But so far, we've got Synapse and we've got Vestron. I am a happy boy. Mel did a podcast of her own on Blood Diner like years ago. It's actually like the first ever, I think, 
I so I first experienced Mel through her podcast. Mm-hmm. She, she was talking to me about how she had a podcast there, so I'm going to listen to her old podcast talking about it. But, see if her okay. feelings have changed, or I'm assuming they're they they're not because she wants to talk about it again. But yeah, yeah it should, it should be, be fun careful, time. Be careful with Mel; she could she's a little <laughs> bit of a troublemaker. So you got to keep her in line a little bit. No, nah, yeah, I'm hoping she goes to the meetup again in November. It was a, it was a blast yeah. getting to meet up with her the first time. It was a good time, absolutely. And I know, no, not 4K lowdown. Uh, I can't remember now. I'm drawing a blank. But he's a big Cardinals fan. He was going to come with, but he couldn't make it. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I've told other people. I know Laren doesn't live far at all. Like Laren's on my way to Iowa. Mm-hmm. So I could easily swing by and pick Laren up. Um. But yeah. I'm hoping we can get Derek this time around. We'll see. Derek would be a blast. Mm-hmm. Derek's a good guy. He's funny. I see. I like Derek's sense of humor. I do too. I love a dry sense of humor for yeah, sure. Yeah, if you're sensitive, like Derek is not for you at all. <laughs> um, some of the memes he sends me and gifs, like I was like, I was like, man, ninety percent of people you would send this to would get so offended, but I think it's hilarious. <laughs> so. But yeah, exactly. No, it's gonna be a good time. That's that's awesome. I'm excited you're doing this every week. I'm all for people doing new stuff, um, trying new series and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to um, actually shamelessly plug uh, something that I'm starting up a new yeah. series as well. I want to do plug away, Bob, and it's similar to what other people do. So I um, have a lot of friends have recommended movies to me in the past. A watch list. I have lists crawling out of my ass on Letterbox as well. Mm-hmm. And I love getting recommendations. And so Adam has, Tiana has, Mizzy has, uh, Fish has, uh, but Tim has. And I've watched nine of the ten. So basically he recommends ten movies. I watch them. And uh, I will give my live thoughts and reactions to the movies um, in person. And Tim will get to react to my reactions. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. And um, I can't wait for it. I hope it does really well. I hope a lot sure. of people come in and watch it. Because uh, I just, I'm excited to talk about the movies. Because Tim thinks I'm going to hate most of the movies he recommended. Um, so he's nervous about that. So it's just really exciting. And I can't wait to get into it. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be the day after my DVD tournament um, one week from today. And then, two weeks, yeah. And then two weeks from today, you're going to be on. So cannot wait, man. That's, that's not the be. reason why I wanted to do this podcast. Like demons one and two, you chose. I'm like, Oh, okay. I have that movie already. I've seen the first one. This gives me a reason to watch the second one. Blood diner. I've never seen. I'm actually buying it strictly for this podcast. So it just gives me another reason to collect for different labels and yeah, get things that I've been wanting to pick up for the longest time and just haven't. I am not a fan of Blood Diner. Oh, good. <laughs> um, Mel loves it. Adam loves it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people love Blood Diner. That was not for me at all. <laughs> but you might love it. And I hope you do love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's just not for me. But I can't remember another slasher that's been set in a diner. So at least that might be unique, hopefully. Don't tell me anything about it. No, nope, I want to go in blind. I'm trying to think like what I was going to say. Intruder was a grocery store, so yeah, a diner. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Off the only movie that comes to mind is Pulp Fiction, but that's not like a slasher or anything. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mm-hmm. can't even think off the top of my head. It's one of those things. But whenever you're trying to think on the spot, you can never remember. So right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, Bob, I think that is going to do it for tonight. Thank you, everybody, for joining once again. This will be on your podcast 
whatever player you use hopefully tomorrow i signed up for it today so i'm hoping it just smoothly goes on there so we'll see what happens uh i can't wait to talk with you again in a couple weeks and yeah. your fame should be a blast man yeah, if you're listening to this right now, be sure to tune into that Hall of Fame stream, uh, Bob's Blu-rays channel in two weeks. Uh, I'm going to have yours truly here, uh, Jake, uh, entering into the Hall of Fame, Physical Media Collectors Hall of Fame. It's going to be a good time, and uh, I'm looking forward to that, and I'll have some surprises in store. So can't even spoil a teaser into what you got in store, but you know with me, anything goes, and you just expect the unexpected let's just say that yeah after you had derek and guests try to guess like whose wedding photos these were i have no idea what you have up your sleeve for this so. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it should be a good time and honestly like i'm looking forward to it because some of those guys like i talk to on a daily basis like uh tony i talk to on a daily basis like we'll talk on the phone and stuff like that with you it's fun because we don't talk every day no. Um, and like, obviously I had the chance to get to know you better in person too, but I'm really looking forward to it because obviously like I know Tony really well. So like doing it with him, it's like second nature. You know what I mean? It's just like another stream, but with you, we don't stream together on a weekly basis. So I'm really right. looking forward to that. Um, yeah. With kids in my nine to five, I don't have a lot of free time. That's why I'm making myself do every Wednesday, do this and just kind of set my schedule around that for once. Cause I can jump on every now and again, but I wish I could do more. Yeah. I was so excited when I got you on for the steel books and slip covers uh, mm -hmm. tournament. Um, when I originally asked you back and last asked you back in October, um, you know, cause when you're like a new fish out in the world and you're asking people with 50,000 followers on TikTok, you're like, this guy's not going to respond to me. <laughs> so yeah, Mizzy's talking about me sliding in everyone's DMs. I'm pretty sure he already has, yeah. Mm -hmm. I literally <laughs> messaged you. I was like, I'm going to need your wife's email. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I don't know if you have or not. I We have not talked about that. She has not brought it up. So I don't know if it's happened yet or not. <laughs> but I tell people to keep things secret. So there you go. Any surprises I have in store, I'm like, shh. Very good. Well, thanks again for coming on, Bob. Appreciate <laughs> yeah, it a lot. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody that showed up. I love all the support that you guys shared with this. So, uh, Johnny saying you already slid into my wife's DMs. That's enough of that. Okay. <laughs> See you guys later. Thanks again for joining. Bye. Have a good night. <laughs>